Welcome to the Convergence Conversations podcast. Join us as we discuss topics that impact you and the body of Christ through candid, open conversation. Let's encounter Jesus together. Welcome back to the Convergence Conversations podcast. My name is Andrew Fish, and I'm really excited about this this episode. We're going to be talking about uh, the prophetic, and it's something that we have really leaned into as a church uh, for years. Uh, This has been something that we've been pioneering, and um, I'm just really excited to have this conversation. And I have two amazing people with me, and I want them to quickly introduce themselves. Yeah, I'm Nikki Kamali. I'm the director of prophetic teams here at Convergence. I'm also the assistant youth pastor, so I have a lot of fun here. She does. Yes, you do. (laughs) Well, I'm Marcy Fish, and Steve and I have been senior leaders here for 32 years, and we just transitioned into our new roles as apostolic leaders here. Andrew and Emily have come on board as the senior leaders, and we're super excited about that and off to a great start. Yeah, I I guess I should have introduced myself too. So I am the (laughs) senior leader, which is the first time I'm actually saying that on a podcast. So yeah. Feels, Big deal. Feels feels good. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's been amazing the the transition and just getting to work alongside. Um, you and Dad, my parents has been amazing, um, and I'm just super grateful for them and just really, really grateful for this church and this house. And Absolutely. I'm really excited. So yeah, let's just dive into this conversation. So obviously the prophetic, um, I just want to kick us off. And I know that probably a lot of people have somewhat of an understanding of what prophecy is. And obviously we see it all throughout scripture. So it's it's biblically, it's a very foundational biblical thing that we see all, all throughout scripture. But I would love if, um, if we could just maybe define it for those listening, because there might also be different definitions of what we're talking about. And so what is a quick, um, brief and amazing definition of prophecy uh, for those that may not know what it is, or just to just to bring us in the same page. All right. Well, I'll start um, because I love, love, love prophecy. It's one of my most favorite things because I feel like what prophecy is is knowing God's heart. It's knowing His heart for people, for places, for situations. God actually wants us to know what he's doing and what he's saying to people, to cities, to nations, to particular situations that we find ourselves in. And we are able to hear his voice in a lot of different kinds of ways. And that enables us to know his heart and to release that. And it's super important that we do that. So I love defining it because yes there are so many different views and and ways that people engage with prophecy but to me it's engaging with the heart of God and releasing that in whatever way he asks us to yeah i love that i think that's great um in, engaging with him mhm yeah that's amazing 
Yeah. So, I mean, what she said is so true. That's the foundation of it. And she's right. Like it's, it's many times people will connect with the voice of God, you know, like prophecy is the voice of God. And it is, but it's not like, as you're hearing me on this podcast, like doesn't always come in that audible, Mm -hmm. distinct voice. It's exactly like what Marcy was saying. It's in different ways that he's conveying his heart. And, and it's a joy to understand that, that his heart is to connect with you. So. Yeah. And it's super important to partner with God and agree with God and what he's saying and doing. And prophecy enables us to see and hear and know what we couldn't see and hear and know just on our own. And that's really important because we want to be partnering with what God is doing and saying, and he gives us that place where we can know that beyond our natural ability. Yeah. Wow, that's so good. That's really, really good. So that kind of leads me into my next question, um, which I think is a, you know, this this gets tied to a lot of things. Obviously, the the gifts of the Spirit, uh, we as a church believe in all of the gifts. We believe that as believers, we can walk in all of the gifts. Mm-hmm. And so I think my question to you would be, can we all prophesy or is that reserved for the the prophet? The, you know, maybe, maybe you've experienced prophetic ministry from someone and maybe you've had that, that kind of that lingering question. Well, they can do that. Can I do that? Yeah, that's a great, great question. So, so what you're asking though, is actually two separate things that we're going to, I'm just going to go ahead and define that right now for, for really good clarity. Hearing the voice of God, hearing God's heart, like what Marcy is talking about, was prophesied in Joel chapter two. He said he was going to pour out his spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters would prophesy. And then that was fulfilled in Acts chapter chapter two when Peter mm-hmm. stands up and says, this passage has been fulfilled in your hearing this day. You know, his spirit's poured out and they were hearing the voice. They were hearing the heart, the voice of God that day. And so the actual prerequisite of hearing God's voice is just to have flesh. There's not like a distinct position on the earth. And some people are like, well, Nikki, are you saying that pre-believers can hear God's voice? And I'm saying yes. And the reason why is you didn't become a believer. You actually didn't become a Christian without the Holy Spirit speaking to you, without Him, His heart for you being revealed. Again, going back to what Marcy's saying, that it's connecting with the heart of God, then you're your heart was connected with his heart for you, and then you responded to his heart. Now, when you get into like the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us, prophecy becomes a gift when you then give it away. Hearing his voice, hearing his heart for you is, is, is something all flesh can, can do and experience. But my choice to engage with the Holy Spirit and ask him questions and give that to someone else, that's when it becomes the prophetic gift. That's so good. I 100% agree with that. That was so clear, Nikki. Thank Way you. to go. I, I love that. <laughs> and I so agree with that. Everyone can hear his voice. It's yeah. not just people who already have given their lives to Jesus. I have story after story of people who didn't know Jesus and they heard him. You can read it so much in the Bible. I mean, Saul became Paul. He encountered God. And so, yes, everyone can hear his voice. And then... As we grow in the prophetic, then we explore and become more aware, more aware of how we are 
hearing and knowing and processing what God is saying and doing. And that is where we have such a great time learning and growing. And that is where the gift comes in, where we have the gift. It's just becoming aware of what specifically does that look like in our life because it's unique to each person. And we can also grow in the other areas of it. But we get to explore the gift when we explore the specific ways that we receive that revelation from God. Yeah. And I just love the way you keep using the word we, we, because it goes back to like what Andrew was saying at the beginning of the question. Is it just prophets? Historically speaking, there was a time period where it was just the special people, quote unquote, like the very few, the chosen. Yeah. Um, So the fact that that is not what the cross did. The cross wasn't just for the few or it was for all. For God so loved the world that he opened this up to all of us so that his spirit could be poured out on all of us. It is the we that get to connect with his heart. It's not just for the few celebrity. And that's a huge value for us here at Convergence. This is... It is one of our, no- yes. this is, this value of accessibility about the all is a big deal, which is why we encourage children, youth, families, all people, all ages, every place, every space, you can connect with the heart of God. Yeah. And even Paul said in first Corinthians, I wish you would all prophesy. Yes. Yeah. So yes. he, you know, God put that in there so we could see that even and the know all. that that mm-hmm. is his desires that we all prophesy. And we and prophesy, when we say we're going to prophesy, we're releasing what we are hearing and seeing from God, what we are knowing from Him, because it's so important. Think about how bombarded we are right now with so much information, yeah. so many yeah. opinions, so many thoughts, the media, the social media, so many things coming at us. It's so important that we release God's heart, that we, re- we partner with what he's doing and we speak it out because that's when we can actually bring substance to what he's doing. And so I think God is just so, his heart is longing for his people to know his voice, to receive his revelation and to deliver it in whatever way he asks us to. It might be pray, it might be speak it out to somebody. It might be just declaring it over yeah. your family or your city or your region because that is releasing his voice over people and situations. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And I love that we're emphasizing his voice. Yeah. Because that's that's a huge, a huge key in all of this, you yeah. know. Um and 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 actually that key kind of leads me into another another thought on this that I'd love to just throw past you guys is the reality of hearing his voice in prophecy and having the prophetic be more about his voice than our voice or than our even our um us bringing things in to it also affects what accountability in the prophetic looks like. Um, And so what would you say to that, like in terms of, you know, maybe, you know, what would you say accountability in the prophetic looks like? How do we, how do we, how do we do that in such a way where, um, you know, where we make sure that things aren't, there's, there's not, you know, there's, 
maybe people that are listening, maybe there's been abuse in the prophetic and they've received a prophetic word and they're like, no, this is like, God, yeah. is, it, yeah. is this really you, God, mm-hmm. telling me this? And, and it sound, maybe it sounds angry. Maybe it sounds, you know, how would you, how would right. you process that with, with someone? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the, the big thing, it goes to what it says in First Thessalonians. It says, do not despise prophetic utterances. Hold on to what, you, to what is good and I'm paraphrasing here and throw out the bad. This is Nikki's paraphrase and throw out the bad. And what he's meaning is there is a place that you could despise prophecy. You could despise it when someone said, I heard the voice of God. And, oh, I'm sorry to go back. It says, test all things, throw out what, you know, keep what's good, throw out what's bad. And the reason why we can come to a place of despising prophecy is because we're not testing it. It's exactly what you're saying, Andrew. And so how we test it is... His voice, since we're saying that his voice is open to everyone and that everyone has access right now, that his voice, though, you can test it by knowing it's not going to violate scripture. He's not going to ask you to start a weird coffee religion. That's good. Even as good as coffee is, (laughs) there won't be any new coffee idols that he's going to say, because that's not scriptural. I know we're laughing about that, but a lot of things that people are saying that they heard from God do violate scripture. Yeah. And then... The reason why we say it doesn't violate scripture is because it's not going to violate his nature. And we mm. know his nature specifically by Jesus. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, that that the way he acted, spoke, all that he did in the gospels is a direct reflection of God's heart that we keep saying we can connect with. So there's nothing that he's going to say, when did we ever say, see Jesus be mean to someone or not heal or wasn't kind? He's such a beautiful, he is the direct, beautiful representation of the Father. And so nothing he says is going to violate his nature. And the other thing is it's not going to violate you. If you feel weird and slimed, you should totally flush that. That happens a lot. People will get a word from someone that they said, I heard God and he said this, and they feel so yucky. Jesus's presence is not yucky. It's full of goodness and kindness. Yeah. So at the root of all of this is what Mark going again back to the beginning here when Marcy says we're connecting with his heart is knowing what his heart is like and his heart is good. It says God is love. That's so good. So it's loving and kind and nothing he says is going to violate that. That's so good. Such a great question too. Such a great question because I know that people who've experienced the prophetic maybe in ways that have felt harmful or hurtful are wondering where is the accountability i love that question and i always like to tell people like you have permission to say no if somebody is wanting to pray for you or share that's good something they feel they received from god for you and they start and and you're feeling shame or fear or accusation you can stop them and say i'm sorry i don't feel comfortable with that i to go now. You can say no. It's okay to say no because people have been so abused in the name of God. When people have said, I heard God, and they're really trying to control you, that is not God. That Come is on. not Holy Spirit. It's and good. we all have the ability to discern that. And I would say, trust yourself. Mm. trust your heart in that moment. If it's not feeling like God to you, don't receive it. Walk away. It's so okay. And it's absolutely important to do that because you do not want to take anything in that is not God's heart for you. Yep. 
That's so good. Yeah, that's so good. Um, man, that's so good. So one question that I'd love to just throw out to you guys, and this is a little bit broader. So this is bigger than just, um, it's bigger than just convergence, bigger than, it's like looking at the, the body of Christ as a whole, looking at um, just where we are right now with the church and with just with everything. I'd love to ask you guys, what, what do you feel that the Lord is doing right now in the area of the prophetic specifically just on a broader scale like do you what do you what what would you say that you're feeling right now well one thing i'm feeling is i feel like i've even felt like what i heard the lord say to me this morning is that he is pursuing the heart of the church wow and i i feel like god is drawing the church at large, the the body of Christ mm. into this place of knowing his heart and really knowing his voice and knowing where he wants us to align. Because right now, like there's just so much that you can be against. And it's like what going back to what Nikki said, Jesus is our model. He's our example. And when Jesus walked the earth, there were so many things that he could have been against. He could have used his time, his energy, his influence to speak against things because there were a lot of things going on yeah. that weren't God. But what Jesus did continually is say, this is what the kingdom of heaven looks like. This is where you need to focus. This is where you need to partner. Yeah. And I think that's where God's bringing the church right now is into this place of, we need to partner with what he's doing and what he's saying. What are we for? Because what we are for is what is going to overtake these things that we would like to be against because we know they're not God. But actually, the way I think of God in that is to become what he is for and what he is doing, and that overtakes the other things. Does that make sense how I'm saying that? Yeah. Bring clarity to that. No, I even think more. <laughs> I think that's I think that's really clear. And, and so again, I think to know that in the context of prophecy, one thing that we're seeing is the diversity of yeah. gifting in the body. Um, so Jesus was not moved by bad, like he didn't, he wasn't governed by the bad. It says that he only did what he saw the father yeah, doing. That's good. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, again, what Marcy is saying is what do part of one of the ways that we can connect with the father's heart to connect with God's heart is by seeing him. Maybe it's an internal picture and then responding to that picture. That's yeah. that's always going to be good. Again, the fruit of the spirit is good and love instead of just, oh, I'm just reacting out of a negative. So it's about responding, not reacting. It says that Jesus responded, he says, it says he was moved with compassion and then mm -hmm. he fed the 5,000. He wasn't just moved by need. He was moved by compassion. And so that motivation, what was motivating him yeah. was not about a negative. It was about the movement of God's heart that he connected with. He spoke what he heard, yeah. you know, and then he knew things, he knew thoughts and he responded. So Marcy seeing this as an apostolic leader, she is seeing, and I rightly agree, that it is about this 
broad, beautiful movement of being back in that place with Christ, responding, seeing, hearing, feeling, knowing according to him. And then movement comes that brings answers and breakthrough that would never have come otherwise. Yeah. And so the way that that this looks in my own life is I ask the Lord, and I think that's a really a, a big key for, for everyone that we can all ask him. All this is going on, God, but what are you doing? Ask him. Like, we don't have to wait for something to come to us. Ask him what he's yeah. doing. Something's going on in your family that's really hard. God, what are you doing? What can I say? Because, you know, God is always moving. He's not up there anxious and in fear of what's going on in the world. He actually wants to do and say things in the midst of all of it. Yeah. And he's brilliant at it. And he knows the way to people's hearts. Even when we don't know what to do, he yeah. knows the way to people's hearts. He he knows things that we could never think up on our own. So pursue it. Ask the Lord, what are you doing? What do I pray? What do I say? And you will receive from him what his heart is and what he wants you to partner with. Yeah, that's so good. I love the way you brought that up. It reminded me of, so my youngest daughter, she's 12, and um, she overheard some really hard things that were happening in the news, you know, and and as a mom, Mm -hmm. like, I don't want her to hear all the, I mean, it's just so much stuff is happening right now. And she really feels things deeply. You know, that's how she really connects with God is through, is through feeling, which is so powerful. But in that moment, she definitely felt overwhelmed by this bad news of what had just happened. And so I said to her, I was like, okay, honey, remember, like, go back into the safe place with Jesus. Like, you're safe. You're in him. You don't have to feel all the badness in the world. And in that safe place with Jesus, what do you feel or see? Like, just like what you're saying. And she, she immediately, she did that. She just went into, you know, it's like what Psalm, Psalms 91 says, you know, he's about us hiding in him. So she was like in her hiding place with Jesus. And when she felt that safety and that peace return, she immediately saw a picture of a map of the United States and this, and him as a huge lion and his paw, like he was, he was warring, but everywhere his paw went, there was light. And then she made that into a picture, like what you're describing. So she I didn't ask her to do this, but she just began painting um, this picture of, to the best of her ability, this map of the U.S. and a lion on top of it and light. And that influenced now how she prays and feels about the situation. Instead of her feeling all the negative, I have a 12-year-old that's praying in agreement with there is a big, huge lion, and he is spreading light and justice and goodness in our land instead of feeling all the negative feelings. And that's exactly what you're saying. Like That's influencing my 12-year-old's prayer. And truthfully it influences how I'm praying, you know, like, oh yeah, am I seeing this through his eyes, his heart, that he's a big lion and he's got this. So it, it changed just that one moment of connecting with his heart so good. changed the entire circumstance. So good. Love that story. Me That's too. amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And even just the reality of what you guys are talking about, about getting the, getting the word of the Lord. Yeah. Like standing on the word of the Lord and not everything else, not the noise, not everything else that's going on in the world, even if there's a lot of shaking. And if it looks like, you know, it can be easy to partner 
with the bad and the shaking instead of partnering with what God is doing. Yeah. And that I think, and I'm, I'm talking more than I should as the moderator, but that's where I think there's a difference in what the Lord is doing in the prophetic realm in the body of Christ yeah. is what you're talking about. It's, it's getting the word of the Lord, becoming the word of the Lord. Yeah. And actually walking in that and not allowing the other things to affect the way that you're seeing things. And and if you do that, man, things are going to like things change. Yeah. Things shift when you do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly. right. And that is how we activate what is actually needed mm-hmm. in a person's life or in a city's life or in a nation's life. And Story after story after story, and it just brings me back to the heart of God. The heart of God is always redemptive, always. Come on. Yeah. So what he wants to do, no matter how dark the situation, no matter how bad, no matter how confusing, he wants to bring redemption. He wants to bring restoration. He wants to bring reconciliation. That's his heart. We're like, how in the world are you going to do that in this terrible situation? He has a way. And I can just remember so many stories, like even one story of praying for this woman, and she had been abused as a child. And I asked God, what are you doing? And this is what he told me to say. Tell her she's my darling. And I thought, that sounds kind of corny, God, you know? And he said, no, that's what I want you to say. So I said, God just wants me to tell you you're his darling. Well, she bursts into tears and tells me that that was her last name growing up until she Mm, got married. Wow. Her last name was Darling. So that was her father's last name. And her father had been the one that was abusive. And when I said that, it was like the heart of God came into her to restore and redeem what had happened with her father. Wow. Because I could not have known that. Not on at all. Right. Own. Exactly. Exactly. And God didn't say, oh, you were abused. Your father was. He didn't say that. He knew the way to heal it. And that's the point. That's the point. The point is not having knowledge. The point is releasing the redemption of God into any situation or person. Come on. That's so good. So within that story, so you heard that phrase. So obviously there's, there's a little bit of that tug of war of like, uh, Lord, is this really what I heard? So I think what I'd love to ask you then through, through that process, let's say, you know, there's, there's, you know, obviously we all hear the voice of the Lord, but learning to hear the voice of the Lord and learning to trust that we're hearing the voice of the Lord is really important to the prophetic. And, and so as you heard that, and you were you were kind of in that place with the Lord of like, well, should I share this? Should I not? What what kind of led you to the decision of no, I, I need to share it? Was it just a moment of like, I need to step out? Like, how would you let's say somebody we have somebody that's new to the prophetic and they're like, I know I hear the voice of the Lord, but I just like giving a word, like I just don't know that I trust. How do I trust that I know that I'm hearing him? Well, I think, one, you have to be willing to be wrong because it's okay to be wrong. None of us hear perfectly. And I think you release it that way. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I feel like I'm hearing. So you don't come in with, this is the word of God. You come in leaving room for the person to 
discern and process it with God of whether it is God or not. And also, again, I'm going to go back to, we have to know the heart of God and the word of God. Yeah. Because if what I'm seeing is, oh, this could be this person, I'm telling you, this is a real story too. I could see this person is having an affair. Okay. Probably I'm, God does not want me to come up to the person and say, hey, you're having an affair. Maybe in some cases that would be true, especially if we have relationship with that person. But if I don't have a relationship, I immediately ask God, what do you want to say? Mm. How do you want to go in? And in one instance, he just had me tell the person, hey, God is strengthening your marriage. God's restoring your marriage. And God had me speak into his marriage. He got out of the affair and he restored his marriage because God spoke to what God wanted to do, not to what Mm -hmm. the bad was. Mm -hmm. And so I just go back to that. Like if if what you're hearing is going to release encouragement or comfort or love or something good that God wants to do in someone's life, you really can't go wrong with that, you know? Yeah. But you do bring up a point that comes up a lot, which is... So you're saying, guys, like this, I get to ask this question all the time doing prophetic trainings. And I know you guys, too, as leaders. So basically, this is the assumption some people make. So y'all are just saying that prophecy is just a feel-good moment movement where we're just saying things just to make people like to tickle their ears. You know, some of those verses they like to, to just make people feel good and nothing else. And I would say, again... So we go back to biblical protocol on how we prophesy. So according to 1 Corinthians 4, it says that when you prophesy, it should be for strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. So that's prophecy because it's according to the heart of God, and it's encouraging, and it's strengthening, comforting. So what do you do if someone really is in sin, okay? Like what if that guy didn't, Marcy's story is a great story and it had a happy ending, but what if someone is in sin and they're doing something really wrong? You know, so you're just, you as leaders are just going to ignore it. And to that, I would say no, but again, it's about protocol. And in first, excuse me, second Timothy three, it says all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness Mm -hmm. so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And the point of that is this, I don't use prophecy for correction. That is a a violation of biblical protocol for what prophecy is. I use scripture for correction as a mother in the faith, as a leader that takes seriously stewarding the flock of God. So scripture, there is a time and place to do correction, but it's with scripture and it's with a father, a trusted spiritual father, mother, leader in the church, not for what we're having in this discussion, which is about prophecy. Yeah, absolutely. That is a pastoral thing. So I think if you are seeing something and you don't have a relationship with the person, then find someone who does. Find yeah, exactly. a pastor. Exactly. If you have a relationship with that person, then go in and, and talk to that person as a friend. As a friend. As a relationship, not, not as a, I'm going to prophesy this to you. Yeah, yeah. It, it almost sort of gets, we almost sort of, and this is a little extreme, but you know, I start thinking about church discipline. Yeah, exactly. I start thinking about Matthew 18. 
and approach them first. And you just, you, but it's out of that relationship. Mm -hmm. And so that's really critical. And that's part of scripture, which Nikki just brought with that, with that um, verse right there for, for correction, for reproof. Wow. If I can talk. Yeah. Um, And so all of that's really important when we come, but when it comes to the prophetic, I think that's one of the number one abuses that, that we see is we have that being the forefront and people are there it's learning okay this is what i'm hearing but how do i partner with what god is saying but that doesn't mean that there's not an opportunity also not in a prophetic setting or in a prophetic word to also say hey um like can we can we talk about this can yeah we, exactly can we you know this is what i was kind of getting like is this you know and the, and there's a way within relationship to to deal with that along with scripture and yeah, I think and that's to get really people the help they need. So it's not that we ignore it. No. We, we never ignore it. No. We just pursue it either relationally, pastorally, or even um, having a conversation in the moment if we have that opportunity. But I want to say, too, like just a quick another example. This couple came to our church. I knew. Prophetically, I knew he was abusing her. I knew it. Now, could I just go right into that like a, you know, throw a bomb like you're abusing your wife? That could have actually been dangerous for her in that situation. But it enabled me to pull in the pastoral staff into it to a level that we worked with her until we were able to help her get out of the situation. So we didn't ignore it, but we also didn't get up and prophesy it because that could have made things worse instead of better. We approached it, you know, by asking the Lord the best way to approach it. Exactly. So we're responsible. We follow the law here. (laughs) You know, if people are in an abusive or bad situation, we follow what we need to do legally um, and right, because we're good stewards in that regard. But absolutely. But prophetically, people have just been way too hurt, and this is this is why they don't know the heart of God is because too often people have used prophecy as an excuse to do what they should have done in love as a leader in their life or as a good friend in their life, wow, which is have really a good. loving conversation. Wow. And instead, many times we can hide behind the whole. Well, God told me this. And hide behind it and say that's prophecy when that is a clear violation of what scripture says is prophecy. He says, speak the truth and love to one another. He, that, that's not the protocol for prophecy. That's the protocol for speaking the truth. Prophecy is still supposed to be in love, but <laughs> but, at, but at the core of what we're discussing right now is, is prophecy and how we get to the healthy place to where we don't distrust God's heart for us anymore. That's so good. Yes. And... People know, you know, when they're involved in something that is destructive to themselves or somebody else, they know that. They know that. Like, to prophesy that, we're not even telling them something they don't already know. But if we tell them what God wants to do and that God has a way out, God has help for you, that's telling them something they don't know. That's activating them to actually bring good into the situation if we just tell them what we see, well, they know that, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So I'm going to ask a question that's just popping in my mind. Um, 
which is, so within this discussion, obviously we see, and of course we're living in the new covenant. Thank you, Jesus. Right. right? Which is amazing. Hallelujah. Old covenant, we see a lot of, we see a lot of warning words and a lot of, whoa, Israel, you know, just read Jeremiah. And (laughs) it's full, full of these types of prophetic words. And obviously that was a season, of course, where the Lord was bringing that, like, Look through the, throughout the judges, like all like that was them coming with this word. So my question is, we're in the new covenant. Here we are. Is there ever a time to give a word of warning? A word, like a prophetic word that's more of a warning type word. Yeah, I mean, I think the heart of God is is yes, in love. If he sees something like, hey, let's respond to this. But again, we follow proper protocol in that regard. So so right now, if there's a warning, like I remember one story, uh, a friend of ours that we all know, she, her mom woke up that morning and felt from God, like, be sure you drive carefully today. Like she was praying extra hard for protection while mm. she was driving. And sure enough, her daughter, so she t- calls her daughter and says, hey, listen, I know you've got a lot to do today, but just be extra careful while you're driving. I'm praying over you. And sure enough, there came a moment where the daughter knew that God intervened miraculously wow. in that car accident. So wow. the difference in Old Covenant and New Covenant right now is, again, New Covenant is Jesus. Yeah. It is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And when we get a warning, it is not absent of the cross. So if the cross is the solution, is the provision for every need that we have, then it's also the solution for warning. So if you bring a warning without faith that Jesus can intervene or that he has a way of providing, then you're actually are doing it in an old spirit wow. that is not current with the cross. So again, warning is about love and intervention. It just Again, full circle is the heart of God of what does he want to do? If that mom woke up and her mindset was old covenant, well, there's a warning. This is just going to happen. Oh, well. No, she knew Jesus and That's knew really that good, it was Nikki. Jesus' heart to intervene and save her daughter from a deadly car accident. And he did. Wow. So well said. Not even going to ask. No, that's so good because again, it's through the lens of Jesus. It's like we have always to look through, through the through, lens of Jesus. Through the new covenant, we are we are alive in Christ. We are obviously dead to sin, alive in Christ. The Holy Spirit is within us, and so the ability to to have okay, this is a warning, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to release a word like that through First Corinthians 14, which is San, which is right beside First Corinthians 13, which is love. Mm. And so doing it through that lens, I think, is amazing. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I Mm -hmm. love that story. Well, I want to just end here, and I just want to ask one final question more around what we're doing here at Convergence. Yeah. And Nikki is doing amazing things through her prophetic trainings and just what the Lord is building. My mom has also helped with that. So I would love to ask you guys, what, what are we building here at Convergence, and what have we seen the Lord do? through these prophetic trainings? Yeah, I mean, so much good stuff is happening here at Convergence. If you have been, if you've known Convergence history, I mean, we have 30 plus years because of what Steve and Marcy have pioneered yeah. in the prophetic. Um, so and good. so in this hour, we we believe that God is taking what he's done the last 30 years and he's always doing more, right? Like He's he is the God of increase, increase and the more. And so... 
Um, every month we do a pr prophetic training here that's open to everyone in the region where we practically teach and engage you on what we've just talked about, how to, how to hear and connect, um, how to see, feel, know, perceive um, the heart of God for you and for those around you. We equip and train not just children on how to prophesy, but we have children's prophetic teams. They ministered this past Sunday morning yeah. as prophetic teens. We have youth prophetic teams, and we have we also believe grown-ups can prophesy. And so we've got our grown-up prophetic teams. Yeah. And the reason why we believe everyone can prophesy, but we also believe in equipping and mobilizing it as a weapon on the earth and how to get someone from 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 just knowing God speaks to them for how God is yeah. moving through them to impact others. And so we do that behind the scenes here, um, you know, Sunday mornings, training in children's ministry, Wednesdays at youth, then our once a month trainings. Um, and we're also praying through as a team what more God has for us to equip yeah. those around us. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm super excited about it because it is really important, actually, we all hear God's voice and we can all release what he is doing and saying. But there is a time to grow in this gifting because I believe right now God is raising up this company of prophetic people to come on. Be trained and equipped to hear and see and know at even a higher level. And release it on the earth because, again, it's so important. God wants a people who will release what he's saying and doing on the earth. That's the way he works. He, he works with people. And we get to be those people. So I think God is raising up a company of prophetic people that are going to release what he's saying and doing. They're going to go into businesses and speak the word of the Lord over that business. They're going to meet with government officials. They're yeah. going to pray over schools. Yeah. They are going to release what he's doing on the earth. It is not meant to be on just in church gatherings that this happens. This yeah. is meant to be released in the earth. And I think that is one of the big things God's doing in this time. And I'm so thankful that Nikki is doing these trainings. Steve does the heart of prophecy training mm -hmm. and really gives us all like a foundation yeah. to build on. And yeah. then Nikki is building on that Absolutely. in her trainings. And even for me personally, through Nikki's trainings, I've realized I know the ways that I primarily receive revelation from God, but uh, I just have come into this realization that I need to strengthen the areas that I'm not as strong in mm -hmm. of how to receive his revelation. Because I can engage in different ways of receiving from him. And sometimes it's necessary because mm -hmm. of the atmosphere I'm in or what is going on that I be able to tune in to even a different way of receiving his revelation. So I'm super thankful even for what God's doing in my own life. And I've been in this prophetic <laughs> journey for many years, but I'm growing in this time and season. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's so a good. time to be very intentional yeah. about being trained and equipped. Woo! Wow, that's so good. And even just the way that the way that what we're building and seeing happen in the prophetic is 
encountering Jesus and transforming Come cities on. with his power and love. Yeah, you know, that's what we talk yeah, about all it. the time. Yeah. And so we're building and pioneering and we're seeing this happen yeah. in our trainings. We're seeing it happen on Sunday mornings. Yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. I can't tell you how many times like we have testimonies after we have these family first Sundays where we have these prophetic teams and we, I, I mean, there's always a testimony of somebody so that was many. like blown away. I know. Like they walked up and there was this kid's prophetic team that just read their mail. <laughs> and amazing. it was like yeah. just this moment of like the generations, which is something we're also really big on here at Convergence. Yeah, exactly. It's all of us together. All it's, of us it's together. It's the kids, it's yep. the youth, it's the young adults. It's, yep. you know, it doesn't matter what that age looks like we can all hear the voice of the Lord Come and prophesy. On. And so that's a big part of who we are at Convergence Church. So, well, this has been an awesome conversation and we're super glad that you've joined us here on Convergence Conversations. Thanks and for having us. Yeah, it was really fun. We'll have to have you guys back on uh, for another episode. Yeah. yeah so, loved um, it. Absolutely. We will catch you next time. Okay. <laughs>